1: Welcome, everybody, to episode 112 of the Green Light Podcast, POC e just just uh, us two here tonight, talking all things conference realignment, because we are in baseball season, which is truly just the worst time of the year for sports. Ian will disagree with me. I will go to the grave saying the next two months are the most boring sports months of the year. Um, you know, you got Wimbledon. Also, Ian would disagree with me because Ian will watch Wimbledon. I will not. I also will not watch baseball. Ian will. Um, so I actually, I actually try to enjoy these two months because I get caught. I watch shows. I watch documentaries. Oh. Some dude. I put on the news today. No joke. And like the local news. I like evening, like, evening news or, just, or like okay. evening news, or or like five thirty evening news. I am here to report. It's pointless. It's useless. Um. It was a half hour it's, show. it's interesting
0: because everyone jokes about sports centers outdated because all the highlights are just on your phone. Like in a way news is as well, Very like
1: outdated.
0: you can, and you can build your news to your social. Now that's, a whole like yeah. rabbit hole that we're not getting down into of yeah. that, but like you can curate whatever you want to curate right on your phone. You can,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, it was 30 minutes. I didn't watch the whole thing, but about 12 minutes of it was the weather, which to me is still amazing that weather men and women exist. Because to your point,
0: shout phone, out to Linden.
1: Yeah, shout out to Lyndon. The phone does it. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't understand how, if any industry is in jeopardy of just literally becoming extinct, it has to be humans on television telling us the weather, right? I mean,
0: yeah, it's ironic that we're talking about this starting an episode about, like, the evolution of college athletics, and we're talking about, like, the evolution evolution of, like, broadcast television. But, I mean, it's pretty crazy. You think about, like, where we are. Yeah, I mean, it's all there, and I'm I'm sure, like, there's certain things. Because the crazy thing about it, and everyone makes this joke, it's, like, they're also wrong. Like, if they were, like, right all the time, they're wrong so much that, like, it really – I don't I, get crucified. I feel like we're going to get uh, a bunch of weather people coming at our necks right now. But well,
1: th- think about think about being it's one be thing. One thing if they weather. were right,
0: but they're, they don't have to be. And there's, oh, well, it's unpredictable.
1: And it's it's one thing to be a uh, weather. We're going to just say reporter so I can stop saying man or woman. Uh, a weather reporter in Columbus or New York or somewhere that gets four seasons. Like at least you're doing. So- Imagine being a weather reporter in San Diego. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's that's got to be the greatest gig. That and not a pro golfer cuz still I, I still would argue that being the head pro at a very nice country club is even better cuz there's zero pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course you're not going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars, but it's it's there's zero. What is the From pressure?
0: someone I'll say it, from someone that just played in a member guest at a club a week and a half ago? and how aggressive some of the members can be with these tournaments and handicaps and all that, that's join the right club. Argument. You got to join the right club. I, I think that, yeah, it, it is. I feel like that is, that's hard to find, but, but you're right. Like people, whether it's people upset with course conditions, whether it's people upset with sandbaggers, people upset with tea times, like that's my only counter to that. Now Augusta national, you want to say, yeah, like, Maybe we're, we're talking we're different, but I, 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 uh, I get the sentiment. Yeah. The Ironic thing about us. And I, I, I didn't really, we didn't plan on talking about this, but I do want to get your take on it. Uh, I'm assuming you, did you listen to the JJ episode with Draymond? of his recent podcast? Oh, uh, no. It was the, after the live they episode, won? The live episode this past, it was this past week. They no,
1: did. man, it was in New York. I was going to try and go. They sold out. Brutal.
0: So the one thing I want to bring up and get your take on and you talk about new media and what Draymond refers like the new media is J.J. is he's like the pioneer of new media. And it's not necessarily just like all the podcasts or people like us that spout takes or anything like that. It's more of I think the best way he explained it is J.J. and so and go, can go on first take and go on his podcast whatever. But he can actually like explain and you can actually learn something about what's going on in the game from him and from his perspective and from his his experience. And so same with Draymond, same with guys like Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry and people like that doesn't necessarily just be because you're a player, but it's, it's more of the new media of, I'm not just reporting on what happened in the game or what I saw from afar or my opinion on this. It's JJ explaining like, like the, I think the perfect example in a weird way is the detail show on ESPN plus where he's breaking down. All right this is why this happened and this is the adjustment they made to allow us to happen. Now in the next game, what will occur because of that? Which I do think now athletes being more vocal talking about why it is, it is really interesting. I still think there's, and and I think Draymond probably would be too. Like there's still a, and JJ was strong in this point. There's still a place for traditional media that I think there always will be. But I don't Because I don't think there's a new media. I don't think play can just replace that. Um, but I do think it adds layers and adds color to sports.
1: Well, here's, yes, I agree on all of it. And there's a place for new and old if we're doing that with the, with the media uh, types now. But there's a reason why not all, you know, 50 players that retire every year, I don't know, whatever the average is of number of players that retire from the NBA, NBA all go on first take. There's a difference between knowing it and then being able to communicate it to like you know a fourth grade fifth grade level of basketball IQ, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people. It's there's I think there's two different ways. There's you know imagine listening to like Eric Spalestra explain
0: break hold on, hold down. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what did you just say? I have to call you on that.
1: What Eric?
0: You, you say Eric Spalestra?
1: Did I say his name wrong? The, the, oh? the e's before
0: the e's before the l. It's
1: spolstra spolstra, spolstra
0: spolestra. spolestra I just had I okay. I either like, way imagine listening I get I get to
1: it. imagine listening to an NBA coach yeah like give a scouting report like it that would be like a different language to anyone listening the common listener yeah. right so th- I feel like there's that level of people in the NBA that really wouldn't be good and then there's people that know it but can't communicate it well so yeah. you know There's that mix to your point of Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye and even the guy, Matt Barnes, doing the podcast stuff, even though that's a little different. It's not necessarily like basketball stuff, but you still have to have the ability to communicate your ideas and your experience through, which Mm -hmm. a lot of these guys are unbelievable at. And that's why I mean, think about Tony Romo like this isn't new. I mean, Tony Romo took over. Everyone was like astounded because literally he was just calling the plays out. Cause it's yep. so easy for a QB to see it and be like, all right, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: it, it's, it's interesting. And like, I think, and that's JJ He is a very eloquent way about speaking of things too, but you're hundred percent right. Like I guarantee, and there's plenty of people like I, I truly believe and like Mike Francesa. And I, as, as someone that loves Mike Francesa, so, uh, or another that,
1: another way we just need to agree. De- we just need to have an agree disagree. How, how do you like I that? love him for like the cert, like the the athletes. definition of that. old media definition? Oh yeah, But and
0: that's that's kind of my point is is if you I guarantee like Mike Francesa has commented on basketball, he has interviewed, he's been around the game. But if you asked him okay, what um I, I guarantee if you asked him what drop coverage means. I guarantee you, he had, he wouldn't be able to tell you, but that's what we're not saying that everyone had to have played the game to be able to commentate on, it, but you get this extra level of, Hey, like when they change their defensive coverage, this is why they struggle. And this is what they have to counter with. There's like reason why not just, Oh, Steph really struggled in the second half. Maybe it's because they switched like JJ because they switched coverage and because, they put this person with length on him and they did this and they threw different matchups at him. That's the interesting part. So that's why I still think there's, there's always a place for the people to report. There's always people to like get people riled up or be opinionated and even clickbait in a way. But then there's also like, if you actually want to learn from it and want to know what you're watching, like there's plenty of people I guarantee that think and think they know a lot about basketball and have no idea what some of the terminology and what's actually going on outside of just who's making shots yeah. and who's not, which is, that's, that's the crazy part because we've gotten to such a take society that if you're not somewhat educated about what's actually going on, you can say, Oh, this person's a bad player because X, Y, Z, like, like I think Draymond is integral, integral piece of a championship team. And people are like, you know, say, Oh, like, you know, Dave, like Prez from Barstool, like, Oh, like, he isn't his stat line's not good. And I get it. But like, it's the glue that puts it together. And you look at how he sets screens, the way he sets the angles that he sets it at for them to be able to come off and the way that he able to revert, like it, it, and some people don't care. Some people it is, but I do think it's a layer. If you can eloquently explain what's going on and provide context and like people can learn from you, there's 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 value in that. I'm not learning anything about basketball from Mike Francesa or Skip Bayless.
1: No, and there's there's surface level... Conversations that need to happen, right? And like, yeah. all, I, you know, every we always we always make fun, poke fun at first take and all those debate shows because they need to appeal to the masses. They don't need to do deep dives or talk mm-hmm. about drop coverage or any of that shit. That's not what why they exist. So, oh. all the way back to the original point, there's still going to be plenty of room for old and new. Will we start to see a shift in terms of viewership? Probably. But we are also in, you know, whatever percentage you want to say, the one, five, 10% of people that want to hear that. Not everyone wants to, you know what I mean? A lot of, business, yeah. you know, it's 300 million plus people in this, in this country who knows how many people watch ESPN every day. I don't know, but you know, they tune in for yeah, surface level. What happened? What did I miss? Yep. You know, so there's always going to be a, a need for, although I'm, I'm looking forward to skip retiring at some point. Um, All right. Let's transition to the reason we are recording tonight. Um, lots of news around conference realignment. Uh, let's, let's start with the updates. Obviously, I think if you're listening to this, uh, you already know them, but let's give a quick recap. So uh, BYU and Cincinnati and Houston, all and I'm sorry, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF all going to the Big 12, I believe in 2023.
0: Yeah, one more uh, one more year one more year of the uh, of the AAC for them.
1: Yeah, the 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 uh, somewhat earth shattering news over the weekend um, was USC and UCLA leaving the Pac twelve to go to the Big Ten, which will happen in twenty twenty four. If I'm remember re- reading that correctly, remembering that correctly, and then Oklahoma and Texas, which already happened months ago, uh, they don't get to the SEC until twenty twenty five. As of now, which Literally, as we say this, everything is subject to change. So let's start with the the most recent, obviously, USC and UCLA uh, chucking up the deuces to the Pac-12, which, you know, seems like the most shocking, even of Texas and Oklahoma. Like, it seems more shocking, I think, one, just because of geography, right? Yeah. Two, because... I mean, it is similar to Texas, Oklahoma, but these are the premier institutions in the PAC 12. Um, I would say across all sports, Arizona has a claim for basketball, uh, probably obviously better than USC, but I think overall, those are the two best institutions and they just dipped overnight. Um, they let a report come out basically saying, Hey, they might leave. But as soon as you hear that, everybody knew it, it was already over. Um, we are quickly approaching the end. Uh, we, you and I have said this multiple times. NCAA might as well not even exist, but we are rapidly approaching the demise of the NCAA. That timeline has
0: been expedited even further.
1: Yeah. Rapidly approaching. I fundamentally do not know the purpose they serve in the next five years. Like, I really don't. They already mishandled NIL. Who are they hiring as their president? Have they, they haven't announced that yet. No. No, no announcement yet. Yeah. So, I don't know where they land. Let's let's go back to let's start with let's start with the Big Twelve. Big Twelve ones with they're the past- ones joining. So like BYU, I think makes sense. Um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. I I that, they're all upgrading the, conferences. You,
0: when you talk about football too, and those are teams that have been like in the mix at like legit yeah. runs like yep. Cincinnati made the playoff last year. Houston has been right there. UCF had undefeated season and claimed a national championship themselves. Like a few years before that BYU is probably outside, like inside of like Notre Dame, one of like the bigger non-independent like, power five schools. Like, and they've yep. been, I know they've been in the mountain West and all that, but they're a huge school with a massive following. Um, and, a, and a church behind him too, but like that, so it it's it makes sense. Like it it it's a, it it gets if you're saying like next man up into the Power Five, those come to mind like 100. Yeah.
1: See, I think yeah, I mean we're you know we always talk through the you know the top of the top, the top one percent versus everyone else. For them, I think all those moves make sense. I think uh you know they're grabbing up and forget football. Cincinnati, good basketball, Houston, good basketball, UCF, good basketball, BYU, good basketball. So all solid, like, you know, forgive me. I don't know really much else about those athletic departments, but I'm sure they're solid, Uh, but all good basketball programs. So good, good for the big 12. Um, Okay. So we, (laughs) geography is just,
0: I want to talk pac 12 now. Yeah. Like, and how this all mixes in. Like, well, I guess we can say big 12, the the footprints, because like Houston makes sense with their Texas Southern, like I guess geography wise, Cincinnati is probably the furthest away. You would you would think in the Big Twelve of those new additions,
1: or UCF.
0: Oh, you UC, and and or yeah, and I guess UCF as well. But it's yeah. it's at least southern enough that it's down there. Yeah, um, that's that's the only that was my only thought. Now, the biggest I think is one of the first things I texted you and a lot of people when all the UCLA USC news is that UCLA and Rutgers are going to be in the same conference or USC and Maryland are going to be in the same conference that is like you i mean new brunswick and los angeles or like you can't get much further like you really you truly can't and
1: here's the thing that's, though that's the
0: wild that's the wild part about all this where if that can happen anything like in, in anything can happen in a way
1: there that here's the thing too is they're not done so they're going to, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to get to 20 teams like that. I think that's their goal. They are going to continue to add until they feel like, you know, they're basically they've done everything they can. And they've you know, no one's invincible at this point. But like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't add everybody. So you, you go and gobble up the best media markets you can with the with the, you know, best football programs, too. Um, here's the thing. If you have 20 teams in football, you may play Rutgers. Once every three years, I mean, how is yeah. the scheduling going to work? You know, ACC
0: what I mean? already, and like they just switched. They ACC is getting rid of um, divisions, uh, because and I think it's a good move for them, no matter what happens. Just because Clemson is just like the the coastal has been poor. They rotate it. It's either Virginia, Virginia Tech, Miami. Like no one's really competed with Florida State and Clemson on the Atlantic side. So they're doing away with it. And what they did, you have three opponents. They basically every school has three teams they'll automatically play every year. So for Virginia, it's uh, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and I believe Louisville is the third one, I believe. And then everything else just rotates. So like, yeah, there's the, the there's only three people that you're guaranteed to play. Whereas it's going to rotate. Now, how does that work? I guess my question is how does that work in a sport? That's not, that's not football where you're not only playing 12 games, you're playing Twenty basketball conference games or you're playing soccer you're playing 16 20 games like that's it once once you get in it changes it but my thought on all this too I I think you're right with the 20 with getting the 20 teams think about like how the NFL like no one competes with the NFL on Sunday like not no one does but think about how the way they stack like you've got your 1 p.m. slate You've got your 4 p.m. slate. You've got your, your Sunday night game. You've got a Monday night and a Thursday night. Like conferences are trying to get the most money they can out of ESPN, out of Fox, out of their TV deals. So how can they build an entire slate like on their own? So they can own like Fox for, like they can have a, a Fox, a Big Ten one o'clock, a Big Ten four o'clock, and literally like space it out and then even have like a marquee Thursday game or a marquee. Like they can essentially own almost their own network, which Obviously, the SEC network, that old concept kind of failed in itself. But now, like on a marquee, like, nope, ESPN for this day is going to be all Big Ten football, bang, bang, bang. And you're going to have teams that, like, across the board and have plenty of options to choose from on multiple networks.
1: It will, will this, like, at, at some point, you know, is this going to just ruin? college football or are we just past the point of caring because you know look like say what you want about amazon and stuff but bezos like his entire motto his entire life's goal was whatever is best for the consumer we will do this Mm. isn't best for us like usc playing Rutgers is not best for a college football fan. It just fundamentally isn't. Like, you can never prove... And I don't think too many people are arguing for that. At this point, we have basically just given up to money is too big and they have to go get it, Um, which kind of goes back to our point. Like, the NCAA has been dead for years, but now we're just kind of stomping on their grave. Like, at what point are we going to finally have the discussion of letting college football be its own thing? And I don't know how that's going to work. I have no clue. But should it be its own thing at this point? Like, we're, we're, we're there. We're, we're ready to have that combo. We're just not.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I, we talked before we got on here as an article in The Athletic a couple of days ago from Dana O'Neill about how college basketball is, in a way, kind of holding this thing together because, obviously, the centerpiece of all these discussions and realizing it's money and trying to get the most money. Well, there's a couple ways you can do that. One, it's obviously the money from college football TV revenue, which is all being negotiated and brokered by these conferences. And it is in college basketball too. Obviously, like the ACC ESP, like that deal carries over. But the NCAA themselves making so much money, over a billion dollars a year off just the NCAA tournament, and that money being divided up amongst conferences based on the amount of win shares. Like we talked to, I think, probably on the college basketball episode about why the 16 play-ins not going to go away? Because that helps those small teams get extra win and extra share. That goes a long way for the conference. That's why basketball still matters in some form or fashion. Now, Big Ten with expanded like Big Ten still going to be huge in basketball and football. SEC is still going to be huge in basketball and football. Doesn't matter what that matter What basketball really matters to, in my opinion, is the rest of the moves of. Big 12, Pac 12, ACC, because they know if they can't at least keep the basketball on that level, they're going to flounder. Like they're already going to get these other schools, these schools in the SEC and the Big 10 are going to eat up so much money from ESPN, from Fox, from TV, from football and, and just TV money. But if they just start, like if the ACC goes from having eight, seven, eight schools typically in the NCAA tournament and getting a bunch of teams in the final four that, get these big win shares to help float these schools. If that dwindles to like, they're a two to three team tournament and they get one or two wins. That's just knocking down the budgets of these schools more and more and more. So it is like, there's still like, football is always going to be the centerpiece of these discussions, but whatever happens, they do have like the, to the ACC and the big 12 and even like the Americans. So like that, like basketball still has to be a core function of it because they need that money from the NCAA tournament TV revenue.
1: Okay, a couple of things. This does not bode well for uh, you and I um, arguing that the regular season in college basketball matters. Doesn't bode well for that at all. This no. they, they, This basically just points to March, like you said, like, just get to March and, you know, figure it out. Now, of course, look, like, you want to be a one, two or three seed. So, you know, all those things will matter. But like, how many, how many times have we heard and read and, you know, the regular season doesn't matter and you just basically have to finish in the top percent of your conference and you'll get in and you'll have a shot. So this does not help, um, like, winning the Pac-12. Like, what the hell does that even do? You're, you're probably going to be, like, a seven seed at this point. It's going to hurt.
0: Like, it, like, the Big Ten and the SEC will get even more of the benefit of the doubt.
1: And, yeah, and now then, all the, like... And then really? the other
0: team's like, oh, well, yeah, but, like, of course, yeah, of course, Ohio State's going to have a top 10 strength of schedule when you're playing... Michigan, USC, UCLA, Michigan State, like all your games. Whereas then, like if Arizona is still in the Pac-12 and they're playing Colorado, BYU, oh, not even BYU, I guess. um, All these other like Cal, Stanford, like yeah, there's going to be a significant difference. There already is, and it's just going to be even heightened even more.
1: Colorado, man, you know we've had these uh, conference realignment talks so long, for so long. You kind of forget they left the Big Twelve for the Pac twelve like a decade ago. So how how crazy do they they look right now? Um, Okay, let's talk about Notre Dame, and uh, you know,
0: (laughs) you talk about about leverage. You want to talk about leverage? They they I don't know if like
1: I don't see. I actually think they're losing leverage with all of this. They now is the time. They've always had all the leverage, but now is I, the yes. time, man. I like, think
0: I, I mean, leverage in the sense of whatever move they do decide to make impacts everyone else more than any other school does. So oh, I get, no I doubt. think like it's no like no if doubt. UNC bolts for the Big Ten, like you, I, I truly don't know if like in, I think a lot of these schools even are almost in holding
1: patterns until
0: they figure out what Notre Dame's going to do. Like, it's crazy. I that, like, I think, and I think like, some
1: of the – I think the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten, because that's really all – I don't think they're considering anything else. Um, they're all waiting, and I'm sure they're all flying into South Bend and, and trying to figure it out. To me, if I was Notre Dame, I would want to go to the ACC because it's a little bit less competitive right now. And you want know,
0: to keep the model rolling like what they already have. It's like
1: right. we don't have,
0: like, we don't have to get – like look at how many championships they've made and BCS, college football playoff. Not saying they play a week schedule, but they also – they set it their own. They get there. They don't have to deal with I play Georgia this week, Alabama next week, Auburn the next week, like Florida think the week about after it, that.
1: Football, it's not like basketball. Basketball schedules are sometimes not even done until right now for the next year. Football is done five plus years in advance. So even if when they join a conference now, who knows contracts at this point, college athletics seem pointless with all these people leaving, but you know, they wouldn't have to adjust for so long. You know? Um, I, I just think since all of the other athletics are already in the ACC, it seems like the most seamless move now geographically, the Big Ten makes the most sense. But again, geography went out the window 15 years, 20 years ago, especially when Maryland left. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know what Notre Dame is going to do. It certainly seems right now, if you read Twitter or articles, that the Big Ten is the leader. I don't think it, they make sense at all in the SEC, uh, other than just pure money. But the Big Ten's paying out just as much. So, I do I don't want know. to
0: bring this up about you, uh, Notre Dame. Um, this is from, there's another article on the athletics by Pete Sampson. And it just talks about, it starts out by saying um, basically m- major donors at Notre Dame and their fundraiser and everything. Um, now, like they're actually starting to lead with athletics to basically keep pace as their expenses are outstanding, their revenues. Because previously it says when Notre Dame made the Fiesta bowl and Charlie Weiss's first season, which, what was that? 2006, I believe 2006, 2005. It's at uh, pocketing a full BCS participant share of 14 and a half million. Some of that money went towards funding financial aid and the Jordan Hall of Science. Like it didn't even all go towards athletics. And they said back then, independence was a profit opportunity for them. And then when the Big Ten la- Network launched 18 months later, the math around their independence began to change. What was a revenue generator slowly became a luxury tax. And so they're not like ahead. Of everyone like they used to be. No. And so, and as great as their deal is for NBC and they own NBC for football and all that, like at some point, NBC, like Notre Dame is Notre Dame's Notre Dame, but they're not Notre Dame in the 80s. They're not like I mean it'd be it'd be one like out it'd be Alabama today, like Alabama would have its own network, whatever. But it is pretty crazy. And it says in 2020, the SEC generated 777.8 million of total revenue. With schools earning 54.6 million. Big 10 generated about 680 million, with each school taking home an average of 46.1. The ACC, which set a league record the same year at 578 million. So it's still like 200 million less than the SEC, up 80 million at loan season. Notre Notre Dame played as a full member that year. That still only came out to 36.1 million per school. So that one year that Notre Dame played in the ACC as a full member in 2020, with obviously everything going with COVID they still made nearly $20 million less than every sec school did.
1: Yep. So, so here's, here's another thing to consider now. I don't know if we'll get there. I think if there, if it does end up just being like two or three power conferences, it does make sense. But when the committee was contemplating a 12 team format, they originally were not going to give Notre Dame a buy because they're not part of a conference. So, you know, I look to your point, 20 years ago, Notre Dame was way ahead of the curve, negotiating their own rights, scheduling their own schedule. It was like literally they – I don't even know how it ever – I don't know the history of how it happened and blah, blah, blah. But they were ahead of the curve. And now, exactly to your point, it seems as if those tides have shifted and they could be on the outs in 10 to 15 years if they just kind of buckle down and say, no, we're not going to join. Like that probably will end up hurting them. Yeah. I had, I had a couple questions I want to get your thoughts on. So what conference do you think is currently in the worst shape? Obviously, it's not the SEC or the Big Ten. Really, I think it comes down to the ACC, Pac-12, Big 12. It's easy to say the Pac-12 is the worst. That First of all, they had the lowest meteorite deal of any of the Power Five in the past year. They just lost their two flagships. Um, but where, where where do you think, who would you not want to be the commissioner of? I,
0: so it's funny you bring this up because the one thing I want to say is now I want to preface by saying that there's no, this is not the reason why the PAC 12 is in the situation they're in. It's not because of their, their option or anything like that. I think the PAC 12 has had very poor leadership over the years. They have not necessarily been forward thinking. They have not gotten the best rights deals. They've lost like a lot of their cachet in college athletics and unless you're a like bill if you're and even in college about you talk about if you're a like a late night if you're staying up to watch like they haven't done a good job to not be geographically irrelevant if that if that makes sense like the sec is a rel irrele- is the sec is relevant from the east coast to the west coast like there's plenty of people in california that will wake up at 9 a.m watch turn on and watch florida and georgia like that there's way less people that will in florida that will stay up until 11 o'clock to see the kickoff between Oregon and Washington. Yeah. Now, sure. Grant, I'm not saying that they need to start playing games at 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, but I don't think they're very forward thinking. And the one thing that still sticks out to me that I, I remember this so vividly um, and they, they did just announce in March, they're going to move uh, the PAC 12 headquarters. But I think this is a summary of like, I think how poorly mismanaged with Larry Scott was or Larry Scott managed the PAC 10 and PAC 12 was, so they moved in 2013, they moved their headquarters to, and we might talk about this on the podcast. They moved to San Francisco. They wanted to be like around Apple. They wanted to be around the tech hub. They wanted to be trendy and cool. They acquired property in 2011 and it was prime commercial real estate in the U S and a report from 2018 they basically conducted deep. They did a whole deep dive into Larry Scott and how he did business. More. This is this is something I got a clip. By comparison, SEC is headquartered in a 25-year-old two-story building in Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama, and their rent costs 318 thousand a year. The Big Ten primary home, suburban Chicago. They also have a satellite office in New York. Annual rent 1.5 million. The Pac-12 conference headquarters cost the conference $6.9 million in rent in the last reported fiscal year. And they're also carrying $11.7 million in deferred rent. So like if, A, from, if something that trivial of literally your conference office, if you're missing the boat so much that you're paying literally $11.4 million for rent more than the conference that literally is making almost three times more than you guys in TV rights money, there's something just logically disconnected there. And so I, I not, that's are, they're, they're, the, the PAC 12 is not in this place. They are because of that. But I just, I think that is a, it lends to the theme, the overall theme that they are also, they're not fully at fault, but they've played a big piece in not adjusting along the way.
1: Yeah. It's decisions like that. That's one of many that where they're at, just like you said, with the TV rights on the contrary, how about the ACC? So, if a school wants to leave the conference, they'll have to forfeit their TV rights revenue through 2036. That yep. is expert level. Current it's so smart. day, hey, you're not getting out of this without being like hurt. Really, really,
0: The old the commissioner, I don't know if that was Swafford himself or someone on his team. I, obviously, it was very smart. The crazy thing about all and I is, is that. That as great as that is for the AC and that's going to help like in terms of leverage, in terms of decision making, the crazy thing is that the all the money that we're talking about is so enormous that people that that, that's only it's like, okay, great. Yeah, we'll we will just pay this ACC for the next like 10, 12 years, because after that, it's just going to be so astronomical that it won't even matter. It's like, we'll just split it amongst the like 16 of us while the other four have to give theirs away. It's, it's just a little bit smaller, but it's just so big. I'm going to share my screen, Paul, With you, I know for us, for the people, Oh, um, you are the host. Let me see. But I do want to show you this, um, this graph of the projections. I don't know if you've seen this, the estimates, assuming a 12, a 12 team, um, a 12 team, uh, expansion basically from 2022 to 2029. What the estimates of what that's going up to? So basically, if you're looking at this by 2029, these estimates are that the SEC, these are payouts per school, will be at 117.8 million. The Big Ten will be at 101.1 million. The Pac-12 will be at 62.8. The ACC at 61.5, and the Big 12 at 57.5. And then the biggest jump for the SEC is 2026, 2025, and 2026. Once obviously their their current deals up, and Texas and Oklahoma come in. But the fact that right now there's already in 2022, like the big 10 is at 57.2 and the ACC is at 30.9. There's a 27, almost $27 million gap there between it. Now we're saying in seven years, even less than seven years, there's going to be a like sick, like a basically a $60 million gap is When you just break that down, where that what sixty million dollars does for a university compared to another? Not that these school, not that the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big Twelve aren't going to be able to operate, but it's just the advantage that these schools have over everyone else, and and that's why it's. I think this for me, it's like once the timeline it looks relatively even, and then it's just there's such a big jump once you get in there, and you think about what that sixty million could actually do.
1: Okay, a couple hypotheticals. These these are the basically the last questions I have. Does the ACC just acquire the Pac-12 and and go back to its original title the Pacific Coast Conference. So now you have the ACC and the, the, buy, PC, the yeah. and yeah. you and you have and you have ACC West, you know whatever we're calling it, ACC West, ACC East and now look if now I know this is not how it works but 60 million and 60 million equal 120. I know that's not how it works. But yep. Is that how you combat it? You know, and and again, like it's Duke's not going to play Oregon twice a year, but yeah, you know, every other year do they go out west for a tournament? You know, I you, you can get creative with it, but maybe that's how they combat it. And again, then the Big Twelve, it's like you know, you basically just got to go gobble up the the best of the rest. Um, the only the the other thing I wanted to talk about is does Gonzaga join the Big East because they're the last basketball it, yeah. power. That's not in a good conference. Well, they're in a fine conference, but you know, it's not great. There's um, no
0: football. Yes, yeah, there's no football. So yeah.
1: it's like, do you just bite the bullet and instead of getting involved in all this craziness that doesn't apply to you, uh, do you join the Big East?
0: The only thing I wonder is like, if, and I don't know how this would affect them, like with the Pac 12, is saying to Gonzaga, hey, and, and I don't know what the other member schools would say. The only thing I would counter to that if I was a PAC 12 is, Hey, we'll give you an equal share. Even if you don't have, because you don't, even though you don't have football, we'll give you an equal share as Cal Stanford, all of them that do have football just to come play in the PAC 12, because it's going to help us elevate basketball that much more. I don't think that that's, I don't think it's worth it. And I don't think the other universities would be happy about it. I just can't see if, if they join a conference that it's, still has heavy football, they're not gonna get the same cut as the schools that have football. And so I and I think where the big east, like like you said, if it goes back, like how how many schools like made, I mean, over it's like 75% of the conference made the tournament last year. Like the only teams that like Georgetown, St. John's, I even think who all like missed it, but like all those teams, like in DePaul, I guess, but like villanova Creighton Butler like all these schools are are making the tournament and if if you can build enough of a TV package from that that makes it worthwhile I, I if I'm Gonzaga I would I, I I would go that route I would go Big East but yeah it, it is it's wild I, I do the the one thing that makes me sad someone asked me about this today is like my 98 year old grandfather if you has been to every until a couple years ago I'd been to Sixty of the first, or yeah, sixty-two of the first sixty-four ever ACC tournaments. If you had told him like fifty years ago that, yeah, like the certain, like that certain teams are going to be in the conference, certain teams are not, and that like potentially North Carolina of all schools is going to be the next to jump, like to either like never believe it, like they you've got leave. these charter members that like there's there's still going to be the pageantry of college sports and the and tournament and and bowl, but games we're losing like it. That. We're, we're losing, we're losing like, and it's I don't want to be like old man yells at the cloud, but like there's something special about like
1: all, I mean, all there's this, something special the about hatred, hatred the,
0: like that, and even like now, like it, it's kind of kind of be weird. Like, I there was like there's a USC. If if say that um Notre Dame does join the Big Ten and you get annually like Notre Dame. USC, I think it like loses some of its luster, even as big as it was because it doesn't always happen. It's just a conference but game. Like it, but it made it a bigger thing. So now, like, so it kind of works in reverse, whereas, like, the, some things that you wish you saw all the time yep. now, like, like won't happen. Yep. Um, and then things that were like, oh, I kind of like this. Like, it's only, like, every every five years, You like, remember how big USC Ohio State was? Like, when it was, like, Matt, was, I guess it was Matt Barkley and those teams, and, like, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is a mega matchup. And you get some of these like to kick off the football season, these non-conference matchups. You lose some of that when they're all mixed in together. So I never th- I mean, the crazy thing, and this is the one conference over the last 15, 20 years that has been remained steady throughout the whole thing. Mid-American conference.
1: Dude, I know. Haven't changed at the all.
0: Only change was one. UMass in for football for a little bit, for like a yeah. short stint, yeah. for a short, short stint. And then they flirted with Western Kentucky and um, uh, I forget what other team they were discussing this in maybe Southern Illinois. that They were flirting with them this past year um, and then decided not to go that route. Now, I can see, I know Northern Illinois, I know Buffalo, like schools like that. Like if... When the AAC eventually has to refill, it's a cycle. It's a cycle, but um, it it is crazy. And you think like, what's the max payday? Like what's the, what was like, how much, what are the payouts from that compared to the 120 million, a school that the SEC is eventually
1: going to get. Last two questions for the audience that we can leave them with. Will we start to see conference NIL collectives? Will it get that competitive where the SEC will band together and basically say we want the talent here so much more than we want in the big 10 that we're willing to create a collective that says if you commit to the sec you will also get this because obviously right now they exist at the university level you know alabama you'll get xyz but imagine if it's yeah you come to alabama you got this but because you're part of the sec family you get this as well will we start to see that and will we see will college football mimic college basketball in the sense like will we get a big 10 sec challenge you know whatever the hell that looks like in football <laughs> where you know every year it swaps and you get a home and away and they randomly so you know like will we start to see that like the
0: rose bowl is the big 10 in the pack 12 like are we gonna get now like we're gonna get a rose bowl of usc i said to you too like usc and stanford just gonna be playing like in the rose bowl you get to like it will be interesting to see how that works out. In terms yeah. of the first question, ironically, I think maybe even as a differentiator before that, see the Big Ten, if any conference is to do something sort of like that, I can actually see the Big 12 being at the forefront because I'm not sure if you saw who their new commissioner, they just hires a new commissioner. Empire, but, or uh, Rock Nation, right? So Brett, Yormark was the president of Brooklyn Sports Entertainment, of BSE. Yeah. So the Nets, Barclays Center, all that um and his brother is very high and both of them i think they're very they're very powerful in sports and then went to rock nation now is leaving there and so he is he is a very smart well-connected businessman that's like on the forefront of looking at these things it's not like you just hired the old ad from texas tech that's like ending his career you're bringing someone that's gonna look to try and be innovative and just gonna try and make a splash yeah, whether that's nil, whether that's like bringing in new teams, whether that's bringing in new format, whatever it is, that that's the Big Twelve. I'm most interested in seeing how they react, just because you're bringing someone that's not from the college sports landscape into running this as a as a I believe as a business, like which yep. I feel like you kind of have to at this point.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, that was a great hire.
0: My question to you is: Duke, as a Duke fan, you know, first and foremost with Duke not being a strong football program, but obviously being a marquee top five basketball name, I guess two questions. Do you, A, do you feel, as a Duke fan, do you feel less empowered? Do you feel like you're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit? Like you don't necessarily control your destiny? Or, and B, would you rather be in a stronger basketball conference than – Just kind of be kind of thrown off to a a conference just because of realignment. Well, I think you'd rather hold on, I guess, to a strong like say the ACC is a stronger basketball conference than get thrown in into the mix with like they're not so heavy.
1: Yeah, see, so like Duke's not gonna go to the Big Ten if anywhere they go to the SEC. And to me, the maybe up, I mean, the ACC is a better conference than the SEC for basketball, I still believe that. And up until four or five years ago, it wasn't even close. But it's getting closer because you know the ACC has kind of you know all these all the yeah. Louisville and Pitt and uh, you know
0: Louisville's the, the one I'm surprised isn't coming up more with like the SEC to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so it, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but if they went anywhere, I'd rather them go to the SEC. I think geography yeah. that makes sense. I I would rather see them play those teams. And the yeah. big, like, I don't really care about Duke, Iowa. Uh,
0: I guess my Duke, Alabama would be cool. I guess the best, I guess the, the thing, I guess I would rather, would you rather say that the whole ACC, say that, let's take Carolina out of the equation, because I think that naturally, like, you want to keep that rivalry intact and all, regardless of where Carolina goes, would you rather stay in the ACC, have and make in 60 million? or go to the sec and have it make 120 million knowing though that that money is going to help xyz
1: and all these other areas man i still think i'd rather stay if carolina leaves though i mean it's 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 over yeah. i mean it's a wrap i that's my, my
0: thought as a virginia fan is i want to keep the acc intact i love the rivalries i don't think there's any like even like you know the big 10 you've got ohio state and michigan you've got the close the geographical but like Living here, and you've got NC State, UNC, Duke, literally all within 20 minutes. Of me, I've got you, Virginia, Virginia Tech, right there. You've got Wake, you've got Clemson, all like close geographically. And you've got these rivalries where people like go to these schools are interacting every day, like with each other. Like I can go play golf and I can see a person wearing all those schools. They can all talk like whatever they want to. I guess that what it comes down to is, yeah, I mean, is that like I, I personally. I, I, I want to keep that, but I just, I also, I don't want them to get left behind is is the thing. That's, that's the only thing that scares me. If like Carolina, I, if Carolina and uh I'm trying to think of a scenario, if Carolina and Virginia tech jumped to the sec. Be bad news. I'd be very worried. You and I like, be bad we news. would, we would, we would have to just start like, all right, I'm already a person that like, I'm very passive on Virginia football, especially now. Anyways, I wouldn't say just, push all of our chips I, I don't like just give up like we uh, let's be a basketball school yeah Duke is clearly a basketball school but I never had to deal with like yeah if 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 if, if other teams are just like in a completely different realm yeah it,
1: it, it scares you yeah 100% Hey, all right, man. That wraps up uh, conference realignment episode, man. It's uh, I got a feeling we're gonna probably have another one of these in the next six months, but um, we probably need a we'll we'll record again in a week or two and and recap our NBA draft debacle. Nobody had Paolo going number one, although we were talking about the odds. Uh, Chet had an unbelievable first game in summer league, so of course Twitter is blowing up. Uh, I loved what uh, one comments. uh, I think it was. crap I'm like uh Rob Perez what's his world uh, yes. world uh, yeah he tweeted out uh hey uh, mark few I would like to have a few words and uh and someone tweeted under him or responded and and had a picture of Timmy like why would you ever run the offense to this dude? And Chet responded and was like, Hey, like we're not, yeah. Like not, not he's, yeah. he's yeah. He was unbelievable. He's so good, whatever. And then somebody responded and said, keep your uh, green bean looking ass out of the conversation.
0: <laughs>
1: incredible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Absolutely incredible. Incredible. But yeah. Chet-
0: All right. Let's end on this then. I'm last hypothetical. Or if you had to put my, um, because we haven't talked about this and we can, we can talk more NBA later. What team is when we start the NBA season, what team is Kevin Durant on? What team is Kyrie Irving on?
1: Oh God. I mean, didn't Durant only give like three teams that he wanted to go to? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but they don't Phoenix. care.
0: They don't yeah, but they don't care because yeah. it doesn't matter. Like he's signed for four years, so he can't use the threat that I'll just dip after one. Like the report today came they want the biggest trade package in NBA history.
1: Yeah, I to be honest with you, man, this is gonna sound crazy. I think they'll both be in Brooklyn. Wow. Like, I, I, and I'm going to, yeah. There's, gonna a, there's
0: a green light to get a hot take from hot the hot take.
1: Stuff, there you go. To me, I, they sorted the out. Lakers, the Lakers will have to sell their soul. I mean, for a chance, it's like, how much do you want to give up for even one of them? Yeah. Um, Phoenix isn't going to do it. They're too, they're fine. They're good. Uh, I think Phoenix will, though. I you think, think?
0: I, I think Phoenix will. I think Phoenix can. The problem is like, a- oh, who? It, it's weird how they can do it. You do a sign and trade with Aiton. You send McAl Bridges. All get rid of them.
1: Like, what do you do? No, with Paul? you can
0: keep Chris Paul. You have you can creep. You keep him. But um, I mean, I don't know. I I think I I'm gonna think say Brooklyn, the- bro.
1: I'm gonna say they like they come out and like it didn't work, and then Durant's gonna be like, all right, you know, I'm gonna give it another run. I
0: I have no idea. John Hollinger did the five Kevin Durant trades that Mega Chances is the Tricky Phoenix deal, uh, the Miami Mega deal. um, And and basically, it's so Phoenix, it would say something like they would send and they would, they basically need, they would need like a third team involved um, for certain things like that. Miami, it said it would be like Bam, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Two unprotected firsts and three pick swaps for Durant, Ben Simmons, and Seth Curry. <laughs> Being said, Simmons, um, bro. If he gets on the Lakers, and then there's like the Lakers, and basically it would say would be Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, unprotected first and 27 29, pick swaps, 26 28, four second round picks, and Max Christie. And then the Clippers. I, I honestly like the ones that people aren't talking as much about i don't think toronto will happen i can see them being in, wanting to be in the mix but i can honestly i can see the clippers being like sorry paul george we're gonna send you yeah we're and, like, out like all these guys for um for, for for kd and just have kd and Kawhi together i can see that
1: i don't know what i can see anymore bro conference realignment nba free agency is a joke these guys are basically like, yeah, I'm go-. I mean, literally, Kyrie announces he's coming back, and then Durant announces. Like, the whole thing is just, it's a disaster. And the Mets are um, still The Mets, yeah. There's Francesa talking again. All right, that's it for episode 112. Uh, we will see you guys shortly. Keep the ball bouncing. Peace. I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Bulls, plus Russell's up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.